Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Genesis 40 and 41. Life has its mountaintops and life has its valleys. These are images that Christian authors have used uh, going all the way back really to David when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, But these are images really that a lot of people, a lot of writers or storytellers or songwriters will use these images of mountaintops and valleys in life. And what we're going to see today is Joseph really go through the valley and end on the mountaintop. And as we do that, I want us to learn the lessons. What are the lessons that are seen on the mountaintop when we look back at the valley in Joseph's life. That's what we want to do today. There's two main lessons I want us to see for us to apply. And maybe some of you, it feels like you're going through a hard time, a difficult time. I hope that there are two lessons that you will learn, or or maybe you're on a mountaintop and God has brought you through a a difficult time. Well, these are two things to make sure you're not missing in that mountaintop moment. We're going to be looking at Genesis 40 and 41. And there's a lot of dreams going on here. That's a theme in both of these chapters, but I don't think the focus is on dreams or that we should take some tangent on the significance of our dreams. It's really going to be shown in Joseph's relationship to God. So let's walk through the story, uh, which is one of those very familiar or more familiar Bible stories, and then we'll come back to these two lessons. But Joseph is in prison after really being falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. But we saw at the end of last chapter, he's quickly kind of rising up within the ranks of the prison and God is showing favor to him there in the prison. And then it says sometime after this. Now, we don't know how long uh, that that is, uh, but he is in prison and the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker they, they commit an offense, they are thrown into prison, and they both have a dream. And Joseph, he clearly has some level of relationship with these guys because he says, hey, what, what, what's going on? Well, why is your face so long? Uh, and they both then explain their dreams to him. Now, note, we'll come back to this. Note what Joseph says. Do not interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. And then they go through the dreams where the cupbearer, he has a good dream, basically, uh, a dream that has a good meaning. And Joseph tells him that he's going to be restored uh, to his position. And the baker's like, hey, that seems good. Tell me the interpretation of my dream. And his interpretation means that he is going to be killed. He's going to be executed in three days. And guess what happens? All the dreams come true as Joseph interpreted them. Now, one of the key points of the drama is after he gave the cupbearer his favorable interpretation, he basically says, hey, help me out here. 
Uh, And he says in verse 14, only remember me when it is well with you and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh. And so get me out of this house for I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. So even there, it's not wrong in a valley to seek to get out of the valley. Joseph is, is doing that. Hey, Plead my case before Pharaoh. Remember me. Help me out. But then the drama kind of turns with that last verse in chapter 40. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. And then chapter 41 begins after two whole years. Oof. I want you to feel that for a moment. I want you to look at today's date. And then think back, what were you doing two years ago today? Where were you at in life? I even pulled up my calendar for two years ago today as I was looking through this. Now, as I look back, I was like, oh, there were some exciting things going on two years ago, and God's been good over these last two years, but that's not the point. The other thing I was struck with was, wow, that feels like a long time ago. Now, imagine that you have been forgotten in prison since two years ago today. Look back, whatever you were doing two years ago, the point isn't, was it good or bad? Just how long ago does that feel? And you've been in prison that whole time. But then Pharaoh has a dream and it describes the dream and Joseph will give the interpretation of the dream that basically there's going to be seven good years and they're going to be followed by seven bad years years. And it's in the midst of this dream, and no one can interpret this dream, that the cupbearer finally is, uh, oh yeah, what about that guy in prison? And he actually seems to take some ownership. I mean, he says to Pharaoh, I remember my offenses today. Um, And that might be actually more tied to when Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put him in the chief baker, but uh, he, he brings up Joseph. So one way or another, he makes it right. And they take Joseph out. Notice they shave him. They change his clothes. Uh, He comes. And and notice how Joseph gives a very similar answer to Pharaoh that he gave to the cupbearer and the baker in prison, where it says, Joseph answered Pharaoh, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. So again, he is saying God is the one with the power. So Joseph goes on to interpret the dream and then Uh, He gives a suggestion to Pharaoh that that Pharaoh needs to appoint, he says, a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. And in response to that, Pharaoh and his servants are saying, well, who's better than this guy? Uh, It's when they and they say an interesting phrase in whom is the spirit of God? So Pharaoh says to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. So with that, he is taken straight from prison all the way to the top, kind of the absolute upper echelon of power in Egypt, as it says, being second only to Pharaoh, second to Pharaoh alone. That is a big deal. And that's an incredible jump that really we see God 
orchestrates as Joseph gives credit to God. And so he ends our section today in an exalted position. So then what are the lessons to learn from this? For you to learn if you're in a valley right now, or for you to remember even if you've been brought through a valley to the mountaintop. And the first lesson we we need to see is rely on God. I think it is interesting that suffering didn't seem to make Joseph bitter at God. Suffering didn't make Joseph self-reliant. Suffering made Joseph more God-reliant. And that's what I believe suffering will do for mature Christians. It will make us more reliant on God. We will have a greater faith in him. We'll have a greater dependence on him. And Joseph shows that in the valley because both in uh, the prison and when he gets kind of his one shining moment in front of Pharaoh, he gives credit to God and makes it clear that God is the one who gives the interpretation of dreams. But notice he also gives credit to God when he's out of the valley and on the mountaintop. And we see that most clearly in the naming of his sons. He gets married uh, to this daughter of a priest, and they have two sons. And the first one he names Manasseh, and he explains the name in verse 51. For he said, God has made me forget all my hardship and all my father's house. And then the second son is named Ephraim. For God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. So even now on the mountaintop, he's looking back and through the names of his sons, he is giving credit to God. So both in the valley and on the mountaintop, he's expressing a reliance on God. And another thing we see, the second lesson here in this passage, and really this is one of the themes throughout especially this latter part of Genesis and the story of Joseph, but really this has been a theme throughout the entire book, is you can trust God's purpose. Trust God's purpose in the valley. God takes his people through a valley for a reason. And here, what we're starting to see, he goes through this valley so that he can be exalted, so that he can save not only Egypt, but that he can save his father's family in this time. God had a purpose in this. Now, what's different is, well, God's going to have a not the same purpose for you. God's probably not going to have you save Egypt and the surrounding areas from a famine. But God has some purpose for you. And, and another way that it will be different is here you get to see the purpose so clearly. And by the end of the book, Joseph will be able to say, hey, look, look at the purpose. We don't always get that level of clarity. But we can trust that God will accomplish his purpose. I mean, I wonder even what if the cupbearer had immediately talked to Pharaoh and Joseph had gotten out of prison then? What would Joseph have done? Maybe he leaves Egypt. Maybe he tries to go back home. Who knows what Joseph would have done? God kept him in the spot that God needed him for this time. And you can trust the purpose of God. You won't always get the same clarity that Joseph got. But even there are promises, Romans 8, 28, most quickly coming to mind here, that God uses all things for good for those that love him. So you can rest assured that God has some purpose for the valleys in your life. And sometimes you might even have a sense of what the purpose is in the valley. Sometimes 
That purpose may become clear when you get out of the valley and you look back from the mountaintop. Sometimes the purpose of that might not be clear until glory. But in all of those situations, you can rest assured that God has a purpose. So whether you are on a mountaintop today or whether you're trudging through a valley, rely on God and trust His purpose. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.